안녕하세요. 파디입니다. Hey guys, Padu. Today my guest on this uh, episode is Sayuri. Um, if you don't know what that is, I will leave a link for Twitter and as well for YouTube for you to check out. Um, especially her YouTube. When I first clicked on her YouTube, my jaw dropped. I was like, something is wrong here. I'm not gonna spoil anything. But if you just check out her videos, you will be like, I, I think your jaw will drop too. Um, I just thought that's such a different way than how I do it. And then I checked out some of her videos and I was like, interesting, this is how she's doing it. So I reached out to her and I was like, hey, uh, I mean, I, I've known her before this, like on Twitter and whatnot, but then I didn't know about her YouTube channel. And so I reached out to her and I, I um, want to talk to her about a couple of topics. What we ended up talking about, though, is um, probably a lot more informative than what I thought it would be or than what initially I had in mind. Uh, the the struggles that she sort of went through are not struggles that I went through. It's not struggles I've heard of before. Um, so it's, it's really nice that this kind of um, rhetoric is, is being brought up and people are sort of sharing their experiences and what works with them because definitely what worked for her is not something that would work for me. Um, as a matter of fact, it probably wouldn't work for me at all and I wouldn't want to learn language to begin with. So um, I definitely recommend checking out her YouTube channel. Uh, she introduces herself quite well, so I let her, uh, I'll let her do that um, in a little bit. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say is um, I think the, the moral of sort of this talk was um, the little chat we had was even though sometimes you might have the best method, the most efficient, the most effective, uh, maybe not effective, the most efficient technique to do something, if it doesn't work for you, if you simply cannot do it, then it doesn't matter. If you have the best technique for swimming, but you are physically unable to, you know, do that sort of technique, then you don't want to do that because then you're going to drown because you can't do it. Now, obviously, it's a completely different example. I just thought of it on the fly, but I just wanted to share this because um, there's a lot of advice out there about what the most effective or efficient. A lot of times, stats are very um, stats rely on context. Uh, so a lot of these studies have very specific contexts, and you take the conclusion without the context, and you say this is the most effective way to learn a language in two months, and it's like, uh, sure, uh, not really. Or maybe it is the most effective way, just not for you. Um, I think this was a very good talk talking about that, especially for people who are, you know, not very good at studying or people who are neurodivergent or, you know, I don't want to talk too much about what we go into, but um, there's a lot of talk about non-conventional sort of how, how conventional study just didn't work and then non-conventional way or having to play to your own strengths. I think that's what well, the word I'm looking for. Playing to your own strengths is how you end up getting from point A to point B. If you try to use someone else's strength, well, you don't have you haven't developed that muscle. It's not it's not you. It's not your personality. You're not going to be able to do it. So without further ado, here you are. All right, hi guys. I have uh, Sayuri here with me. Um, if you could give yourself maybe a brief introduction to the people. Hi, I'm Sayuri. Um, I have been learning languages since I was young, I guess, but not very actively until say 2015. Um, I've studied off and on Chinese, Japanese, French, and Korean. 
but I'm only fluent in English and Korean. Yeah. Uh, and that is it. <laughs> that's a lot of languages uh, to be studying. Um, so, um, I, yeah. No, go ahead. I didn't really study them at the same time, so at least there's that. Yeah. So what got you into language learning to begin with? Um, okay, so when I really started getting into it, it was mainly Japanese. Um, but actually, now that I think about it, I had sort of experience with it since I was really young. Um, my dad, basically, when I was like three, he went to China and came back with a lot of souvenirs. And among them was were some books in Chinese. And what, there was a character book teaching Chinese characters and I found that again when I was eight and I started playing with it because I had just learned how to read English and I was sort of on this like learning high and I wanted to learn how to mm -hmm. read Chinese as well because I thought that would be super cool and smart mm -hmm. that is cool. um, after I was done with that yeah sorry go ahead oh no I was just saying that that's that is pretty cool yeah, after I was done with that book, I could not read the Chinese book that I had next to it. <laughs> Imagine how that works. <laughs> there were, yeah, that, that book was only 100 characters. I see. Was it like for kid a kid's book or was it just a general, here's a few Chinese characters for you to know? Um, It was actually, it was... Just a beginner Chinese book for adults, um, and I actually could probably find it if I looked it up. It's, it's actually a very basic textbook that's just been around for a while. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool that you actually learned it as a, just a year old. Uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> I don't remember any of them anymore. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, I do because sure. I restudied. after that I got into Japanese when I was 12 because I recognized the Chinese some of the Chinese characters that I saw in uh, basically my sister had been drawing manga and she showed me some pages that she was like replicating and they had Japanese on it and I recognized it I'm like is that Chinese and then I learned no it's not Chinese <laughs> it, it, it's derived from Chinese but not the same and that's what got you into language learning, huh? Yeah. So, yeah, from that point, basically, everybody in my family just kind of called me the language genius, which Whoa. didn't make sense to me <laughs> because I couldn't speak those languages. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think that's one of the hardest things, though. It's like determining when I can actually speak those languages because there was a there was a point where I could speak Japanese decently but it's long gone uh, okay so you, how did you study back then I mean um, internet was a lot different the resources were a lot different did you just find a book that you could use or did you try online forums or how did you really go about it Okay, actually, there have been quite a few Japanese resources online for, like, forever. Um, some of them dating back to the early 2000s. Um, I know there were a few simple 
you know, numbers, colors, basic occupations websites that had been around since like 2002 to 2004. Um, so mainly I was looking up uh, games, etc. And at one point, I'm like, I had this textbook that my mother bought me um, that was, uh, it was a comic book, sort of a comic book that taught Japanese too. And I could probably find that as well. Um, but it had the short story about this African-American girl who was going to stay in Japan. Um, she spoke Japanese, she, like the character already speaks Japanese, um, but it started with things like introductions. So instead of just teaching you an introduction, you literally get to see them introducing themselves and then it breaks down the conversation. For me, that was actually really helpful. Um, but in this case, I couldn't get past like, chapter five or six, I would always just hit this wall where it just felt so hard that I couldn't get past it, even though if I went back now, I could probably still read it all. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I know. You know why um, there, there was that sort of wall that you were facing, looking back at it? Um, okay, so I can't say anything for sure, but something I'm starting to realize is I might actually have ADHD or related focus issues. Um, I just, I really find hard it hard to do, finish things for myself, even if I really want to. I'll, either something will be too big or it'll be too small. Like I'll get to the, close to the end of something and I'll just be like, oh cool, I'm near the end. And then for some reason I just stop. I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's so hard to continue. And I keep telling myself I'll do it later, even though I know I never will. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, that book basically ends at chapter five because I could never get myself to go past that point. So what I did was I would find new resources or the new shiny thing that I could play with. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I was around 13, that new shiny thing was anime, actually. I realized I didn't have any listening experience. And so I'm like, I should probably watch media. But I wasn't into dramas and I wasn't into music. So I'm like, why not just try and watch some anime? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So out of curiosity, what was the first anime you watched? Um, so the first anime I watched specifically for language learning uh, was Geass. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, it was it was pretty good. Um, so I started with just like I had the Japanese dub and English subtitles um, because I wasn't at the point where I could understand anything yet. Mm -hmm. um, but mainly just to get the sounds and that really... <laughs> That really helped my pronunciation, and that's literally where I first learned to stop saying desu. <laughs> uh -huh. Like, oh, oh, okay, it just ends after the S sound. Got it. <laughs> um, so the first one was Code Geass, and uh, things I had, I had watched anime before for other reasons, like my family would put them on sometimes, like Squid Girl and Sergeant Frog. So I revisited Sergeant Frog for some like light listening. No subtitles, just the Japanese dub. Okay, how did that go? 
It was fun. I didn't pick up too much, except, I mean, I really did because I was much more comfortable with listening to Japanese after that. I didn't watch anime often, and I was much more into uh, doing my drawings and uh, reading, finding new materials online, uh, printing things out. And honestly, my studies back then were all over the place. And there'd be like month breaks for like no reason at all. I don't, I don't know why I stopped. It just didn't occur to me to do it for like a whole month or two. I see. So it, was it like something you were just doing for fun and then maybe it wasn't that fun and you would stop? Or was it just like, like you, you were saying, you just didn't think about it for a whole month? I literally just didn't think about it for a whole month. Um, especially I'm very easily distracted by uh, new, more fun things. And like I still consider Japanese really fun. I really liked uh, the way it's spoken, but I would just... See, if I was 13 at the time, um, there was definitely a bout where I was just kind of depressed and I didn't do much at all. Um, and then 13, I was also getting into digital art. Uh, yeah, and, and that's when I started getting into Korean dramas. So I studied off and on with that textbook and the online resources I could find for about two more years. And then in like 2015, in 2015, um, I started watching Tokyo Ghoul and Death Note. Um, and obviously I was like floored by Death Note. <laughs> that was just, it's one of my favorite dramas, or sorry, it's one of my favorite, sorry, animes. But one of the things that happened in 2015 was there was also a Japanese and Korean musical, and there's also the Japanese drama. I started watching the Japanese drama, and at first I was watching it all with subtitles, but the subtitle episodes took too long to come out, so I just I dropped the subtitles and just started watching raw. And to my surprise, I understood I understood the scenarios 100%. I understood what they were saying about 60%. Wow. Yeah. Um, my speaking was non-existent, but my understanding had gone so, had gotten so much better than I thought it had. That's, that's really cool. Despite, you know, all of what you were saying, how you're taking breaks and whatnot and, and just, um, you know, jumping between resources and whatnot, that must feel really good at that point to just like listen to it, watch it, and be like, oh wow, I understand most of what's going on. It, it really did. Um, but at this point, like, so this was mid to late 2015, and then around late 2015, I started learning French because I was on this game server that was in French, and I realized that I hadn't done my favorite thing to do. And that was talk. I hadn't done that in over a month. So I hadn't talked to any of the other players. And I'm like, I don't speak French, but I might as well try. Okay. And so my strategy was basically just start with something basic, like, hello, try to find some, some common ground. And one of the things about French is if you already speak English and read well, reading isn't going to be much of a problem. 
Uh, honestly, I haven't studied French in like a few years now, and I still like my reading comprehension of French is still really good. Oh, wow. I've never studied French, so I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of words that are spelled exactly the same. And then there are some grammar points that are very easy to like get the hang of when you see it. Um, then there are some that just like don't make sense at all and you kind of need to just learn. Mm -hmm. But so I think around October 2015, I started studying French. And by the next year, I was enrolled in college and I had been studying it through speaking to people. And I was much more consistent in just speaking to people in French than I w ever was about anything I did in Japanese. That's because literally speaking, like being social is, is, is my thing. <laughs> I learn languages because I want to use them. Yeah, I'm noticing a theme. You, um, like with with the languages you started learning. Maybe Chinese was a little different when you were younger because you were fascinated by the language. But at least with Japanese and now French, it was more like you were doing something or you saw it in the middle of an activity and you were like, "Oh, this is interesting," and that's what sort of got you into it. Rather than yeah, go ahead. Well, except for the the activity with Japanese was I was actually drawing with my sister. And like we, she doesn't read man manga, and I didn't read manga, but I saw the language and thought it was really pretty. Uh, I see. So I think Japanese is the exception because for Chinese, I started learning it because I thought it would be really cool to read in a different language. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, actually, in in this in. October of 2015, I also started Korean as well, because at this point, my mom had been obsessed with Korean dramas for two years. And I knew, like, I knew she was going to convince my dad and the rest of the family to move here. And we did. So I wasn't wrong about that. <laughs> but I started studying Korean because survival. I knew I'd need it someday. I see. You were right about that. Yeah. So hunger, learning hunger on my own was easy. Everything else was harder than any other language I tried to learn on my own before because like the passion was not there. I remember for like the first month and a half, I had such a thick Japanese accent and my sister kept saying, like, sorry, just stop. Like, no, that's not how you pronounce it. You got to pronounce it this way. And I'm just like, no, I, I can pronounce things. And I was, I was wrong. <laughs> at the, at that point, I just really hated Korean because it's not some, it was not something I was interested in to begin with. And it just kind of felt really weird to me. Um, especially because it's like, it's pretty different from Japanese. Like there are similar words and everything and, and grammar, but like the pronunciation is much different than I thought it would be. And uh, Japanese is very systematically pronounced. Like this, it, it's this I don't know how to. Basically, each sound that's made will almost always make the same sound and they're pronounced. Uh, on a very even tone. I don't even know how to I don't even know how to describe this. It's just a very smooth language and Korean Korean is so much more expressive and room for like freestyling. Mm -hmm. 
with how you say it. So it was just something very different for me. Um, French is also very smooth when you say it. So it was like completely different from something, anything I had been studying at that point. Um, for Korean, even though I had been saying it on my own and with the other languages, I had read, reached a comfortable level on my own. Korean, I didn't actually get to a good level until 2019, four years later. Okay, so... And like this was, yeah. Oh, go ahead, sir. Korean was one of the only languages that I like hardcore study, hardcore studied. I had music, I had dramas, I had, I even had animations, variety shows. I watched YouTube videos. Um, I had notes, like I don't take notes. I don't take notes well at all. They're just, they don't, I don't remember what I write down when I write notes. So I just don't take them, but I took notes. I just, I had books that I would sometimes practice reading. I would practice reading YouTube comments. And it still took me so long <laughs> to get anywhere decent. Wow, you read YouTube comments. Yeah, actually, that was one of, well, not my favorite as in fun, but my favorite as in very helpful. Reading YouTube comments is actually, like, much more of a challenge than just reading. And you get a lot more of Korean internet speech than you would anywhere else. Maybe Twitter. Yeah, but I can imagine like half the things that are on there, like you wouldn't even know if you're pretty decent at Korean. Mm, yeah, in some cases, they're like the way they shorten words and stuff yeah. will will throw off people who have been speaking for a while. Um, actually, I have one instance where in 2017, they redid the Korean musical for Death Note, and I was super excited. So I started commenting in Korean on the videos. Like, I was super excited. And someone actually asked me if I use Google Translate, and I'm like, nope, my Korean is just that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, I don't... I think I still posted after that, but I was not as enthusiastic about it anymore. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I actually remember what I said, though. Not in Korean, but because obviously my Korean was not at the level that it is now. So I don't remember how I messed that up. But I basically was trying to say that I couldn't watch it in 2015. And I didn't really know who... Uh, Junsu was before seeing the 2015 one and that I was excited that he would be coming back for the 2017 wow. Korean musical. But obviously that didn't get across because they literally asked me if I used Google Translate. Oh, clearly you still remember it so it must have meant a lot to you. Um, yeah, but um, so when we got we, when we got to Korea three years ago, I knew I had to go back to college. And so I started studying really, really hard. Um, and in 2018, I took the topic. I studied, like, I studied months for this thing. And I failed. <laughs> I failed so bad. Um, and I even, I even had private tutors back then as a, it was a benefit of, it was a program 
with a nearby university. And I, so I had like a private tutor every week and I still just, it did not click. So what, what made So. it click? Because at some point you, you became really good at it to the point that you can speak it like it's So, fluent now. uh, what really helped was, so I failed the topic in mid 2018. And then in early 2019, I registered for classes Uh, Korean classes at a nearby university and I mean most people who look up how to study Korean or Korean language classes will find that Korea has Korean language institutes actually a lot of the universities here have them and they are so good <laughs> or at least they're really good for me so this is when I learned that what I really need is structure <laughs> I need a schedule I need someone else to plan all the materials and I need homework. <laughs> I just, I need everything prepped for me <laughs> because like keeping to my own schedules, keeping to my, like keeping to my own pl study plan is really hard for me. I just, there's no, like I can force myself to do things, but when it's doing something for myself, It's so much, it's, it's so much trickier because it's like, there's no one to hold me accountable. And although I want to do this thing, I won't hold myself accountable. And it just, it falls apart. So in 2019, uh, basically the way these programs work is it's usually every day, every weekday for four hours. And yeah, it's, it's really a big thing. And have we usually have textbooks um if you're not attending one of the big universities you'll probably still be using the textbooks from a big university because they release their own korean textbooks so at this university we were using uh so that's like seoul korean so that's uh seoul university's korean textbooks so i did that for two semesters and in the second semester <laughs> What I ended up having to do was I literally, I only brought my textbook to school and I would get there two hours early to study beforehand. Wow. Because if I brought anything else with me, I would be doing that instead of reading my textbook. So then you spent And like that is the only, six hours. yeah, yep. Um, and that was okay because like I got good grades and okay, I got decent grades and I was one, the only one to pass in our class on their first attempt and one of two students to pass in our whole class. Oh my God, only two people passed? Um, so I tested into the second level for my first semester. So I took second level for my first semester and third level for my second semester. And third level is notorious for being the hardest level because there's just so much new grammar and so many new words because you're making the jump from A2 to B1. I see. Yeah. So after that, I had a year break and I took classes at the university I'm currently attending. I actually, I much prefer this university. The teachers were so much nicer and very thorough. They, they explained things very well and I very much appreciated that. But I had studied on my own in the year break I took and just, it's nowhere close 
the the benefit that I got from being in that classroom. Wow. Okay. So it, it feels like, um, it sounds like just having a structured classroom is probably the way to go for you when it comes to just language learning in general. Learning in general, because I'm noticing, because I'm currently a, yeah, I'm currently a college student and we're almost all online and I despise it because I'm, I'm having trouble paying attention to lectures. I can't take notes at all, which usually I'll just write things down in class. Um, but so I have to take notes from the book, which I already explained earlier. I don't do well. Um, and so online is a nightmare for me because it's not in person. Um, I don't have to watch the VODs at the specific time for class. And my teachers often don't post at the right time either. So it's it's a mess for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound too easy to navigate. Yeah. So for the for studying on my own during that year, I definitely had comparable amount of time practicing because I had a language exchange partner I would talk with every day for like two to four hours. Wow. And that went on for three months. But like all of all of the What I needed to like really get me past the topic was that class. By the time I got to the class, I was better than I had been the year before, but I was nowhere near what I needed to be. How did you find someone to language change with you for like two to four hours a day? Oh, yeah. Um, so basically, he was a friend of sorts. We decided to do language exchange and then we sort of became a couple and that didn't end well so oh. let's just leave it at that yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah but basically we were language exchange partners who had a lot of time on our hands um but korean is has been the longest journey but it's also my highest uh how do I say this? Oh my gosh, my English is failing. <laughs> it's also my best language other than English. I, see. I actually have a question for you. So when you got to Korea and you had a tutor come over and sort of help you, uh, was that not, hmm? when, when the tutor came over, was that not sort of giving you enough structure and like homework and accountability and like a classroom or what was sort of different between what the tutor was doing and what the academy or like the um, language institute was doing? So the tutor was a volunteer tutor at a nearby university. I would go, actually go to the university um, to take one hour per week. Um, oh. So there wasn't really time to assess where I was level wise. There wasn't time to reteach me any basics I didn't know. And because I had studied on my own, it's really hard to cover all of the basics when you're studying, when you're self-studying. Yeah, okay, um, that makes sense. Yeah, a lot of programs will try to go over all of the basics for a language, but there's always something that, f like, just falls through the cracks. And so if you're, if you're not very diligent about, like, mastering the basics first, 
you can often miss that if you're just starting out because you don't know what to look for. Yeah. All right, that, that makes sense. So I guess at this point, you've become quite aware of like what's worked, what hasn't worked, and just in general, how you specifically learn languages. So moving forward, how do you feel like all that sort of knowledge that you've gained and experience, um, how would you go about setting yourself up for success when you, whenever you decide, hey, I want to learn a new language, or hey, I'm going to major in you know, this language or that language? Um, so actually taking the languages as a major would be enough structure for me to learn the languages, um, especially since like, what I have trouble doing on my own is studying. What I, what I excel at is finding media in the language. So finding a movie or a YouTube channel I like is super easy. And I tend to do that in my free time outside of class. For example, I'm currently redoing Japanese, um, like trying to keep up my Japanese skills while I wait to take classes. And uh, so I've been watching I've been watching some animes to kind of help with that. One with subtitles because I actually want to know what's going on and one without. And then I've also been getting back into the um, Japanese music because I still love anime OSTs so much. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I'm very good at finding the things that'll keep me engaged. I'm just not very good at the systematic study part. Um, but I know I've noticed that I need that in order to get better at things. Um, so for um, the languages that I plan to major in, um, although that might actually end up changing because I have to restudy my college's major policy. But for the languages that I plan on majoring in, French, Chinese, and Japanese, um, I'll have to take a different approach with all of them. But for Chinese, it's going to be a lot of text because, like, for me, the character system is very important to me. Um, mm -hmm. The writing and reading is very important to me. And so I'll probably focus on that. And especially I can't, I can't learn very well if I don't have something to read. Um, that was one of my hardest things with Japanese. That's why I couldn't speak. I couldn't read well. Because the uh, furigana, things mm -hmm. furigana, the basically the mix of kanji and uh, kana just confused me so much, and it made reading that much harder for me. Um, so I could listen, but I never practiced reading out loud, which is one of my main ways of practicing speaking when I don't have someone to talk to. That makes sense. And then. Yeah, for French, I think the main thing is actually French. I could probably just pick up with the the methods I was using, the using it every day, the listening to it, um, and the attempting to write. Because French, like I said, French, you, like with English, and like if you're good at reading English, you're already like a good ten percent there. Um, reading or understanding a paragraph in French, if you if you can speak English, or at least in my case, it was like this, isn't that hard. And then it's just 
trying to iron out where I have mistakes. So for French, I think what I'd need is that private tutor system, someone who could go over my writing and give me writing assignments because as much as I would love to write essays in French, I can't force myself to write essays in French unless someone tells me to for write essays in French. Yeah. It's um it, it's quite interesting to see how um I was just thinking you said something and I was like, wow, I'm the exact opposite when you mentioned how it's very easy for you to find sort of the media and the, the immersive aspect of a language, whether it's like OSTs or anime or whatnot. Um, whereas for me, it's the exact opposite. That's that's the sort of stuff where I'm like, yeah, do I really like, I, I don't go out looking for it. But when it comes to the studying part, that's like the easy part because I know how to find it. It's really easy to find. And it's really easy for me, at least, to, to do it. Um, but for you, it's the exact opposite. Like, you couldn't be bothered by that stuff. Like, even if you wanted to do it, it would be a little bit difficult for you to, to actually end up doing it. Whereas, you know, if it were something else, you would be, you know, you would go straight dive into it. Um, and actually, yeah. that's part of your motivation to even learn the language. Yeah, yeah, I would say that's... Uh, do you mind if I ask you a question? No, go ahead. In that case, what's your motivation to learn languages? Um, each language is a little bit different, but I think being able to understand languages and read, I think reading is a big part for me too. Um, I, Korean, if it wasn't for Webtoons, I don't think I would have really learned it, to be honest, because that was mm. half of everything I've ever read in Korean, probably more than half. Um, I think with Japanese, I think manga is a big motivation for me too. Um, mm. Spanish, it's more that I live in the U.S. and there's a lot of Spanish-speaking people. And it's just yeah. at some point I, I felt like, man, why do I not speak it as well? Um, and then Slovak is this like weird child that's just super eccentric on the side. And I'm just like, this just sounds really, really cool. And it's not as hard so as Polish. <laughs> So it sounds like about half of yours are just interested in the languages themselves. And then for in the case of Japanese and Korean, it seems like you actually wanted to use it like as it is. But yeah. I think as well with, with Korean, when I first heard it, I was very intrigued by the sounds because they're not sounds that you make in English. Um, I think that definitely what got me into... Because I, I always wanted to learn like Japanese because of anime. When I was younger, I'd watch a lot of anime. And I wanted to learn it, but I never got around to it. But then with Korean, when I started hearing it, I was like, okay, this is this is really cool. And then I found that 99% of the people that were studying Korean, at least where I was, I was living, are doing it because they like K-pop. I'm like, I do not like K-pop. Uh. So this is really weird for me. And then I realized that one of my favorite mangas was not a manga. It was, a, it was like a manhwa, uh, which was Tower of God. And I was like, wait a minute, this is... This is in Korean. Let me read it. And so I just started, I picked it up from the very beginning and started reading. I didn't understand a single word, but I could understand what was going on because there was pictures. Um, and then I kind of went from there. Yeah. So for me, I would have gotten anxiety trying to read a comic without understanding the words. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, but what when you were talking, it reminded me of something. I 
I did like I hated K-pop. Like, I was listening to music as much as I could, but I really hated K-pop. Um, and for the first, so I mentioned that my mom had been watching K-dramas for like two-ish years before I started uh, trying to learn the language. Mm-hmm. And so I hated K-dramas as well. Um, probably until I was 15, because like when I was 15, I started, I had my own computer and I could watch the K-dramas I wanted to watch, the oh. the stories that I was interested in. Um, my, in my humble opinion, my mom has terrible taste. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it just occurred to me, one of the things that might have been hard for a Korean was it took me so long to get into like actually liking the media that I was finding. That's interesting. But yeah, it's it's cool to see how you you had all these difficulties, but then sort of at, at, towards the end, Id- identifying what these difficulties were, and like even if it's not a difficulty for something someone else, if it just doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. I think that's important that's because there's a lot of different like methods and techniques, but if it doesn't work for you, it's not really a method you should be trying to use. So yeah. And I think I think one of the things that frustrates me a lot about certain areas of the language community is the the advice they'll give is you don't like a certain method, but you didn't you didn't even do it for more than a week. And it's just like I know what doesn't work for me. So mm-hmm. it's like I know consistency is overall in learning a language is key, but is consistency for me is very hard. And so where I can find new outlets to learn. I will. Yeah. Um, because if I can find new outlets, like one after another, then I'll still have been doing it, you know, like consistently, just through different methods. Yeah, and that's something I, I just could never do, to be honest. It's. It, I think it's mainly my focus issues. I see. It's also what makes us different, I think. Um... When I talk to my students, some of them, they just don't get things with a certain explanation, but I'll dumb it down. Of course. This is a bunny and this is a carrot and just remember it that way. And it it just clicks. I'm like, it didn't even make any sense. How did that click? And uh, it works. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it's just like they don't associate certain things with the things that you do. Mm -hmm. So it's just you got to find what works for them. But yeah, um, the problem, like the main issue with me, I think, is that for me, every, well, I mean, every language is different, but I know people who can study many different languages the same way and it boggles my mind. But for me, it, it can't be like that. I have to find like the outlet that works for that language. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Which is why, like I mentioned earlier, all of my different languages, I have to focus on different things. Yeah. With your French and your Japanese. Yeah, that, ma- that makes sense. Right, thank you so much, Sariri. Is there anything um, else you wanted to touch upon? Something maybe you wanted to go into a little bit more detail or comment on? Or is this a good start- uh, stopping spot? Um... I think the only thing I really have to say is just like for anyone listening to this, like if you've learned a language before and forgotten it, like don't worry, 
it's not gone for good. Just start practicing again and it will eventually come back. That's actually so true. I just recently started learning um, Japanese again. I learned it when I was like way younger and I learned, I don't even remember what I learned. I just remember I maybe spent like a week or something on it. And then just yesterday, I was, um, I don't know what I was reading. I, I don't remember, but I was like, oh my God, I remember this from like 10 years ago or something. And I don't know how I remember that. I don't know what, I can't even remember what it was, but I was like, I have a vivid memory of learning this. And so that was pretty cool. Yeah. So I actually, I have a uh, Japanese textbook on me that I bought a little while ago. And I realized that my basic knowledge is still pretty, like, it's still there. Um, and mind you, I hadn't, like, when I got this textbook about a month ago, I hadn't studied in five years. Wow. I hadn't actively watched anything Japanese. I hadn't actively done any of what I used to do to study in five years. And I just like, I started picking up this book again. I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. That's super cool. Um, of course it's the basic, like, uh, convert beginner conversations. So like this one is all about like, what is that? Oh, that's a blah. Yeah. But that's still a lot of knowledge that that's there, you know? Mm. I think I got I think I got halfway in this yeah I got about halfway through this book so far and it was just shocking how much like it, it came easily because I haven't studied this in forever and it's like oh it's still there but I just have to reactivate it yeah that's really cool thanks for sharing that no problem well, anyway I hope you have a good night I mean a good morning actually I hope you have a good night. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much.